Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. People notice a healthy smile, but maybe you have tooth sensitivity, bleeding gums, or acid-weakened enamel. Sensodyne, Paradontax, and Pronamel are trusted specialty toothpaste created to help improve your oral health. For tooth sensitivity, choose Sensodyne. Bleeding gums, get Paradontax. For acid-weakened enamel, Pronamel is the toothpaste for you. Sensodyne, Paradontax, and Pronamel. Trusted specialty toothpaste to help bring home your healthy smile. Visit Ibotta to earn cash back. For the perfect last-minute gift, check out Spa Finder. With Spa Finder, send a relaxing spa treatment straight to their inbox without leaving the house. Gift cards can be redeemed in-store at thousands of spas and salons nationwide or online at the Spa Finder Wellness Shop. Spa Finder gift cards contain no fees and never expire, making it a perfect gift you can't go wrong with. Go to spafinder.com slash podcast15 to save 15% or enter the promo code podcast15 at checkout. Hey guys, Riley here with Rule of Two and Sundays on the CW. Brace yourself, superhero superfans, because the bat signal is on, and you won't believe who's swooping in to heed the call. From the brilliant mind of Greg Berlanti and the executive producers of superhero smash hits Arrow, The Flash, Supergirl, and Legends of Tomorrow, comes the most anticipated new series to join the CW-verse, Batwoman. Get ready to meet your new hero, Kate Kane. She's a survivor, a fighter, and an all-around badass who plays by her own rules. Batwoman's story begins three years after the mysterious disappearance of Batman when Gotham City is in desperate need of a new kind of hero. Soon after returning home to defend her city from the notoriously twisted Alice in Wonderland gang, she decides to carry on Batman's mission by becoming Gotham City's new superhero vigilante. From the suit to the gadgets to the fight scenes that will blow your mind, this is the Batwoman of a new generation. Don't miss the incredible series premiere of Batwoman Sunday at 8, 7 central on the CW or stream next day on the free CW app. We'll get back to your music shortly, but first, did you know that prescription prices are different at different pharmacies? You could literally drive across the street and get a different price. That's crazy. But with GoodRx, you can instantly compare prices at every pharmacy in your neighborhood and save up to 80%. You're probably thinking there's a catch, right? Nope. It's 100% free and can save you money whether you have insurance or not. In fact, it can often beat your copay. Download the GoodRx app today and start saving. GoodRx is not insurance. For the perfect last-minute gift, check out Spa Finder. With Spa Finder, send a relaxing spa treatment straight to their inbox without leaving the house. Gift cards can be redeemed in-store at thousands of spas and salons nationwide or online at the Spa Finder Wellness Shop. Spa Finder gift cards contain no fees and never expire, making it a perfect gift you can't go wrong with. Go to spafinder.com slash podcast15 to save 15% or enter the promo code podcast15 at checkout. That's right. You're going to come in hot right now. This is Whoa. rule of three. I'm just going to get it out of the way. Coy Jandrew is joining us on the panel here. But so Mark Fernandez, about- Mark Fernandez, this is we have so much to talk about. It's episode 60 of Rule of Two, but I got to go right into it. How was Vader Immortal Part Two? So look, Vader Immortal Part Two was was great, and I'm going to get into that for a second. But I do want to do off the top of the bat here a little housekeeping. Oh, okay. Um, so today I was trying to figure out who's uh, like a great. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, that's, about you. That. that's <laughs> you. That's <laughs> you. I know. I thought it was Coy, but it was you. 
<laughs> if you're watching, you saw me just, no, no, no. Yep. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, he's got it. And yeah. then he got it. Sorry, sorry, it was you. Sorry. That's, um, that's all right. All right. So, look, first of all, it's good to see you guys. Good to see you. Great to be What's here. up, Koi? Yeah. Off to request it. This is the show most people have seen that I haven't been on yet. Yeah. I'm so excited. I saw your little, uh, you know, you guys were going back and forth on Twitter. I'm like, and I sent an email immediately. I'm like, so Koi's on the show, right? <laughs> Yeah. So many people called for it. How many yeah. times have you turned me down? I Scheduling. I'm so here. It's so hard. You turned me down one too many times. I just, you know, and I'm, now I'm here in the right show, the right time. Okay, fine. Now fine, you'll fine, see me way fine. too often. My God. Once that, that door's been opened. That was a, that was a little scary. He that was, was a mafioso He was going moment. like Irish man yeah. on there. <laughs> right. You turned me down so one too many times. times. Yeah. 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 I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. <laughs> but you refuse. You're out the but door. But you refuse, so I'm getting my lightsaber to stab you through yeah. the face. So, yeah, so we're here to talk about that Joker movie, man. Wow. <laughs> wow, was that awesome. Was that awesome. Wait, did you guys see it? I saw it. Oh, you okay. did? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I haven't. Oh, it's brilliant. I was at Burning Man. Yeah. Yeah. I feel bad because our rule of two armies out there and we're talking about nothing. The Joker? <laughs> this is the podcast about nothing. Right. Welcome. Good. <laughs> we're in the wrong universe. Yep, yeah. Sorry, guys. We took a wrong turn at Albuquerque. I mean, space takes time to get through. You got to take time to get through to us. It's a yes, whole thing. Yes. Very time, true. Time dilation. But look, um, just a quick little housekeeping. I love tradition. Okay? Tradition to me is a very, very important thing. If I go to certain cities... Uh, there's certain restaurants that I have to eat at so th- to keep the tradition going. And, you know, because the uh, traditions matter. Yeah. You know, like it's like, you know, Tony Soprano, I think, said it, you know, like, the, you know, traditions matter, you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we've had a little tradition on this show where every episode we sort of uh, – today's episode – 60. 60, yeah. which is amazing. We've yeah. done 60 episodes of this show. Um, it started off as just me and Riley one day. Say, it's just hey. coming in on the news. Yeah. It's We're just like, like, hey. Let's do an emergency podcast. Yeah. Let's Amazing. do an emergency podcast and sit down on the couch and talk Star Wars. Yeah. Um, and every episode we've had this thing of like connecting the episode number to a football player or to an athlete or something. Yeah. I've run out. You've run out? <laughs> I've run out. Today's the day. Today's the day. So episode 60, all you are is episode 60. That's a strong run and that's a good number to end on. 60 feels like a good resolution. Yeah. Yeah. 60 is so, a solid number. So, so look, I just want to get that out of the way. 60... You know, you're just good old episode 60 now. Yeah. Of course, for episode 66, we need to do something special. Oh, why is that? Execute order 66. Oh, right, oh, right, oh, right. Come yeah. on, yeah. dude. Thematically. My yo, God. On brand. <laughs> I, thought, I, I, start sorry, I thought this was I a Joker reference. podcast. <laughs> right, right, yeah, right. I thought this was about the Joker, so I, didn't, I wasn't in the Star Wars world. But uh, um, so, Okay, so this is just episode 60. This is episode 60. Koi is here. Yeah. So we're going to get into one of our main topics, which is Kevin Feige doing a Star Wars movie. Yes. But to start, we gotta, I got to hear about Vader Immortal. Yeah, yeah. So I was at OC6. Yeah. Otherwise known as Oculus Connect 6, which is the, the big VR sort of con, right? And, and going to this Oculus Connect 6, man, I felt like how I felt when, when I went to E3 in Atlanta for the first time or when I went to E3 when they moved it to Vegas and it was inside uh, CES um, where it was like, man, the, you know, this is something brewing. You know, something's yeah. really, really hot here. OC6 was maybe the best con I've ever been to. It was wow, absolutely awesome. Okay, and one of the things that happened is that during the keynote, um, they announced that uh, Vader Immortal Six was live, and mm-hmm. we didn't know when it was going live, right? Like uh, at, at Star Wars Celebration, they didn't give a date. At uh, Comic Con, they didn't give a date. Right. At D twenty three, they didn't give a date. They just talked a little bit about it, but 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 no timelines. Yeah, dropped. You know, Ninja dropped at the keynote, so I went immediately home um, okay. or, or or to the uh, to the Airbnb, and I played. You know, I played it out. 
Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. I, I think it was brilliant. Like, yeah, you can you can nitpick at things. Again, very short. But it's my third. It's climbed up the ladder to being my third favorite all-time Star Wars game. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's, yeah. Some, that's some – That's high praise. That is high praise. So behind uh, Star Wars Galaxies, yep. behind uh, Jedi Knight 2, Outcast, and mm-hmm. Jedi Academy, I consider those one game, I would put Vader Immortal. What was three? What did this take over? KOTOR. Okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And like Kotor's a great game because yeah. it had such an incredible story that stands the test of time. Yeah. The gameplay was okay, it wasn't mind blowing. Right. But, but it had the, that Final Fantasy long form storytelling. Yeah, right. sort of turn based combat, stuff yeah. like that. But the story in Kotor is still the best Star Wars story told in a video game. Yeah. Um, but it's not enough, you know, for me to take over the feeling that I get. And now you can use the force now. Ooh, yeah, that's what that's I was wondering. Cool. You know, and like, you know, the animation where you're like bringing like the stone close to you, you like close, clench oh, your fist. That changes everything. That's you know, so rad. When you have it sideways, he does like the choke thing. I mean, it was, it's such a visceral ex- like experience of actually having these Jedi capabilities. Are there haptics in the hand? Um, so it's controllers. So do you feel like the force when you activate it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Ooh. that's cool. It has like a... So there's like a, little a little feedback. Sh- and you hear the... Yeah. That's yeah, because, cool. Um, and you should check it out, right? I haven't, yeah. uh, I'm surprised you haven't checked it out yet. I, Maybe you'll play it and we'll do like a little rule of two. I would love it. I, I get to play it through you. You have to like put it on my face because I don't have it at my house. So, you right. know, I have... A dog, you know, so that's as far as I go with this. But I saw the but trailer. Her name is Leia, but her name which is, is Leia. totally canon. On brand and canon. I'm just Very saying it's true. here. Very true. So I haven't been able to play it. However, I did play part one, and we did that review, and it is amazing. It's. Have you played it yet, Coy? I'm not. Oh, my I, God. I, I need to go to, I'm going to the VR uh, in Glendale uh, okay. next week. Ooh. I haven't done the VR yet. That Glendale Galleria, yeah. they have that VR Star Wars experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's same, my, same company. Same company. That's yeah, my first yeah. VR. X-Labs. That's going to be really fun. That's my for first you ever too. VR that, in Star that Wars. That is a, an immersive, fun shoot people, Vader, everything. It's Amazing. great. The yeah. managers there are friends of the show. The so, show and heroes. So, nice. shout out to them. so, right before we finish this cold open, really quick um, Vader Immortal 2, brilliant. Okay. No more jersey numbers. I'm sorry. Okay. I just lost. I just. <laughs> I just lost it because now we're in the offensive line. You yeah, know? yeah. Big ugly. That's true. It changes everything. Yeah, yeah. We know less of their names. We're sorry. <laughs> You're just doing the grunt work that we need, but I'm sorry. Right. Well, if we, <laughs> if we do get to 80 or 81, we can we can maybe bring it back for one of our – Right, for Jerry Rice. For Jerry Rice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's um, a Jerry Rice episode, so it's a special. And yeah. I did do a very quick impromptu review of Vader Immortal 2. It's on the channel if you want to check it out. Not a lot of people saw it. I know the quality was bad. I apologize about that. But uh, Riley and I, after we play it, we'll get more into it. Yeah. Tons of new Black Bishop stuff. Yeah. Okay, I Black saw Star Bishop. Wars Theory. He sat and took it all in, and he has yeah. all these questions. He put out a great tweet that I was like, ooh. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, the Black Bishop is Snoke. I think it's gaining some more traction. Maybe yeah. we'll talk a little bit about that. But anyway, we will be taking calls today. Yep. We're going to go to about the half hour mark. Yeah. So about 530, look for that number because we have a lot to discuss. We have some Kevin Feige news, hence why Koi is here. Some other stuff that we're going to go down the rabbit hole on because, I mean, let's do it. It's episode 60 of Rule of Two. Rise. Guys, that sound effects. I'm so jealous. <laughs> this is great. It is. It's a celebration. What can we say? <laughs> you get some lightsaber sound effects because it's episode 60 of Rula 2 here on Jedi Council Podcast 1 feed here on Collider Videos. We go live every Monday, 5 p.m. PT. So, Mark Fernandez, how are you? 
I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm, it's good to be back. I was in San Jose for o- o- OC6, which is an absolute yeah. blast. I never had so much fun at a con before. Nice. Um, it was absolutely incredible. Um, I love the fact that I got to play Vader Immortal 2. I love the new uh, Saber Dojo. You know, yeah. the Saber Dojo was absolutely rocking because now you have the Saber and the Force Power. Um, I got to about level 20 in that. Hopefully, you know, like I try to savor these things so I don't burn through them too quick. Right, right, yeah. right. Um, but yeah, man, all in all, some great stuff. But. <sighs> oh boy, that was a, <laughs> that was a very pregnant pause. Yeah, and welcome, Koi, by the way. Yeah, well, some darkness coming. <laughs> you doing, man? Thank you very much for coming on the show. Absolutely, it's been a man. long time coming, so now continue. What was that side? <laughs> yeah. What the hell so, was that? So I have a theory that I think is right Ooh. about this whole Kevin Feige thing. We're okay. going to get right into it. Yeah, okay. we're diving Let's in. Let's do it. So, so, so let me have the mic for maybe five minutes just to go through my theory. Like Power a, through. Because I know this is a more of a conversational setup. Yeah. Let me get through it, and then let's discuss it. And yes. then you can moderate the conversation. You can have your own thoughts, your sure. thoughts, yeah, yeah. and we'll talk about it, okay? But here's, here's the basic breakdown. Um, about two, two weeks ago or something like this, we get this news break of this um, uh, Bob Iger book, mm-hmm. okay? And in this Bob Iger book, uh, the long and the short of it is that Bob Iger – sort of uh, admits that George Lucas felt betrayed by the events of the purchase and the subsequent um, uh, Force Awakens, that George Lucas didn't like the Force Awakens, right. that he's, his critique of the Force Awakens is the same one that I've been saying forever, Yeah, yeah. which is that the number one responsibility of Star Wars is to push the medium forward. Okay, that's what it did. Yeah. It's like Star Wars was kind of like back in the day there was this thing called the World's Fair. You yes. Know? You know, and you would go to the World's Fair to see all the latest and greatest in technology. The future, not the present. Right. The future, not the present, especially not the past. Right. right? And Star Wars was that for cinema. Yeah. Right. Every time you saw a new Star Wars movie, you were like, holy crap, they just invented THX sound. Mm-hmm. Holy crap, they just invented ILM special effects. They just reinvented stop motion animation. They just took map painting to the next level. They yeah. took CGI characters to the next level. Sure. It was always pushing the boundary. Okay. Now, George Lucas had a script. Uh, as I understand it, George sold three stories, part of a trilogy, to uh, Disney. Right. Okay. Which they were not obligated to buy, and if and if I'm understanding this detail correctly, this actually happened before the entire the entirety of Lucasfilm was actually sold yeah. for four billion. Now it's also very interesting if you read the book, and I haven't read the book, but I've read the chapter. In the chapter, Lucas actually wanted seven billion. Wow. Whoa. Yeah, he actually wanted seven Bs. Okay. He accepted half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. He accepted half. A little, a little, little over, half. but still like. Three billion, but because there was actually like all this tax issue of him selling these first three scripts that were could potentially put him down five hundred, so he got four billion in cash and an undisclosed amount in stock, right? Which some people project could be billions as well. Oh, I'm sure. Okay, he even made that reference. Lucas said, "I am a shareholder." And because in this book, he also has a no uh, – how do you call it? No discouragement clause yeah, 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 yeah. or something? The disparagement. Oh. Disparagement clause. Yeah. Right. Continue. Yeah. So uh, first of all, I want to give a shout-out to the Rule of Two Army out there. 617 people watching, but a lot more than last week. So thank you guys for showing up. Yeah. But, so you know, here we are, right? And um, Lucas gives these stories 
right? He hired Kathleen Kennedy before he sold the company right? because he wanted her to help in the transition, mm-hmm. even though she didn't really know. So it's like it creates some sympathy for Kathleen Kennedy. Sure. Okay? But bottom line is, okay, is that Lucas – I'm sorry. Disney decided that they were going to go the shortest route to make revenue off of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Okay? And you got to give them credit because they did that. I right mean, out of the gate. Two point three billion dollars Force Awakens. The Force Awakens was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Uh brilliant in terms of its financial uh, prowess. Right. Okay. Right. right. Uh and you know, maybe brilliant for some other reasons too, but its financial success cannot can't be, be argued. Yeah. yeah, can't be argued, right? Um but Lucas um who was the leading creative advisor on that whole project le- leaves the project, as he told Charlie Rose in that interview, because it was like a bad divorce, right? He was like, I'd rather just be away from this whole thing than keep butting heads with Kevin Feige. I'm sorry, with um, with Bob Iger and Kathleen Kennedy right. all the time about what I want to do versus what they want to do. Sure. I sold it. I got paid handsomely for it. The best thing to do is for me to just step away. Yeah. Okay. So that that's what happened. Anyway, fast forward to a lot of this stuff coming out in this book, mm-hmm. okay? And to me, it reads – and I got to give credit to Jeremy Johns for this because I saw his video. And when I saw his video, this all started coming uh, together for me that Kevin Feige uh, – I keep saying that. Robert uh, Iger, right, is basically apologizing to George Lucas with all this stuff. He's not trying to give himself bad press even though it's a little bit tough press. He's also like when you do something wrong, the first step is to admit that you did something wrong, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and sort of apologize. Right. And the best apologies are the ones that start with admitting what you did wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, like I did X, Y and Z wrong. Mm-hmm. OK. But then a good apology also has a fix. Right. So if you look at this story like this, Kevin, uh, uh, Bob Iger releases this book. Which is his book. It's told from his point of view. It's completely controlled by him. Yep. He knows he's going to get some flack for it. Let's it go out there. Okay? All the stories start coming out. George Lucas betrayed. George Lucas betrayed. Then what happens about five days later? Right? Yeah. What happens about five days later? Kevin they, Feige. They announced Kevin Feige yeah. coming on board to produce a Star Wars film. Okay? Now, start small because it's not going to be just a film. Yeah, but what I think is even more specific than that. You don't bring Kevin Feige to produce some, like, offshoot of the Old Republic or some prequel weird thing about mm-hmm. some random character who's supposed to be Boba Fett but isn't Boba Fett, <laughs> right? You, like, you don't do that with Kevin Feige. He's your number one guy. He's the $10 billion man. He's the yeah. undeniably the most – a successful producer in the history of this business, yeah. Yeah. right? Undeniably. Yeah. Sure. Right? Mathematics. Right. So what do you bring him in for? You bring him in to produce the George Lucas trilogy. And you think that's 10, 11, 12? I think – I don't know if it's going to be 10, 11, 12 okay. or if it's going to be a prequel to this current one. Got it. Because you still got to fix this mess. I love this. But – I'm just waiting for the delay to catch up so I can watch the chat just immediately <laughs> melt down. <laughs> But I love this. I think – I honestly think that whatever Kevin Feige is going to put up on the screen is going to either say written by George Lucas, OK, mm-hmm. or story by George Lucas, written by Lucas and whoever, OK? Yeah. But you bring in Kevin Feige to make things right, to quote The Force Awakens, right? Mm. This will begin to make things right. 
You know, like, yeah. like, like, like the Mox Van Saito thing, which ironically was the beginning of the destruction, of the, yeah. right? <laughs> make you, it right. <laughs> blow it up. Make it right. <laughs> but, but to make Anybody it have right, glue? <laughs> you bring in the best guy you got, okay, as the ultimate apology to a legend, to George Lucas, and say, you know what, man? You're right. Those first three scripts that we got off you, we should have made those. Mm-hmm. And you know what? We are going to make those. And you know what? Kevin Feige is going to fucking produce it. I love this. I have questions. Yes. My theory is similar. Yes. Not, not that direct, but similar. And this is what I love about being – talking to you, talking to you. I know what you're going to bring up. <laughs> you, I told we you my theory this right before air. He called me and he brought this to my attention and I went, oh, we're talking about this on Rule of Two. Yeah. So, Coy, do it. Kevin Tell Feige. Us what. Tell us what. Bit of a comic book guy. Yeah. Star Wars, bit of a storied history in comic books. Yep. Yep. I think the Dark Horse comics and their side canon meets Marvel and their future canon with Star Wars Infinities. Mm. I my theory is that he's going to use pieces of the side canon from Legacy from uh what was the the Dark Order uh with with Dark Empire? Dark Empire. Dark Empire plus Legacy plus Infinities and I think he's going to set something with Cade Skywalker in the future because he loves to use canon that is similar to the world you know but reinvent things. His Spider-Man is is, is Spider-Man adjacent. Mm. The way he's rebuilt Spider-Man is built within the MCU. Yeah. So I think the credit that Kevin Feige needs to get is he's not just good at building universes. He's build it, He's good at building universes that feel familiar while being different. Yeah. He's good at building universes off of foundations. Iron Man is a character that's nigh unlikable. Stan Lee wrote a character to be the douchey Batman. Mm-hmm. Iron Man was like, I'm going to challenge myself to make someone hated loved. Yes. Star Wars is coming from a place of the most polarizing fandom in the world. You've got your TFA fans. You've got your Last Jedi fans. You've got your old school trilogy. You've got your prequel trilogy. I think they're bringing in Kevin Feige because he's the only man that can bring in different fandoms, put it together in a universe. And I think it's either going to be something set in the deep future or an Elseworld. And I hadn't thought of the Elseworld of George Lucas, but an Elseworld that relates to all the characters we know and love, but has no association with the first nine movies we have. Okay, I'm with that. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. no, no, <laughs> no, no, no. So I you think go. Infinities or I'm, something. I'm taking it in. Okay, and so, this chat because so I'm, think... gonna, I'm I'm devil's advocate over here. Now. <laughs> so for now, so I think what you're saying actually helps my theory even more. Yes, and I'll tell you why. Because Star Star Wars is up against it that they have the sequel situation. Yeah. Okay, and they have to deal with that. You, you can't completely say, "Oh, we're going to do Episode Seven again in Star Wars," <laughs> even though I think that like. In some way, they wish they kind of could, but you can't do that, right? Nope. right? You can't do no, that. They can't. So let's let's use your Kate Skywalker example. You can tell the story of the Lucas trilogy, what he wrote, the mm-hmm. story that he had in his head. You could tell it far off in the future with different characters that are analogs right. to that. But I think the bottom line is is that this Kevin Feige coming on board is about giving George Lucas – George Lucas's story. It's their, due. It's due. And their yeah. chance in, in the court of public opinion and in the fan base, right? Because Lucas, whether we like it or not, had a vision for how the trilogy ends. Yeah. Okay? It was written. It was literally like in stone, so to speak. Yeah, it, is, yeah. it is a finite thing. It, it was he written had the outlines, yes. Yeah. And it started very similarly with Luke on an island training the new Jedi, Kira – that was Ray, and that's where it was starting in Episode Seven. But 
And then we don't That's know, why know I more. think Dark Empire meets Infinities. You use the Dark Empire sensibilities, you use the future aspect of the comic books Infinities, and you use Kevin Feige's ability to blend characters into a very palatable but source. Dark Empire implies a kind of a prequel sure. take on it, which, right. is, which is okay. Yeah. Okay. Because, yeah, Dark Empire picks up right after Return of the because Jedi. So it, we're, we're years back. But now. I'm saying Cade is that darkness. I, I'm saying Dark Empire has the sensibility of, of the Luke parallel. So I'm saying, like, Infinities has a Luke parallel in Cade. Use the Dark Dark Empire, Darker Luke, and make that your future trilogy. Because I can see a world where the Lucas trilogy operates as a prequel to these current sequels. Mm -hmm. So between six and seven, so to speak. Between six and seven, you get three more movies that end with Snoke going going uh, and taking Kylo to the dark side. Now, mm -hmm. comics do that all the time. It's like a 6.1, 6.2, 6.3. Right, right. <laughs> However, we are dealing with movies Beloved characters, beloved actors playing these beloved characters. So are we talking recasting Luke, Han, and Leia to be a part of that? Are we talking motion capture, de-aging technology? What are we talking about? Or your, to your point, we're going to get like surrogates for the characters. We're going to deal with a different kind of Jedi in Luke's kind of so, so thing. Before I spoke to Coy, mm -hmm. I was thinking what you said first, which is that de-aging. I mean, Sam Jackson did a two-hour movie where he plays like a 40-year-old Jackson. <laughs> yeah. right? And like, I didn't love that movie, but I loved Sam Jackson in it. He was brilliant. Yeah. And he looked great. I, I mean, can't wait was... for Gemini Man, and I shouldn't, but I'm really excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, by the way, I think we might be doing something with that. You know, I don't want to spill any beans, but... But Fresh Prince Will Smith is the answer. I'm not mad at it. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but... I actually hearing Koi talk makes me think that it's cleaner mm -hmm. to do episodes 10, 11, 12. Yes. Right? With maybe it's like 30 years in the future. This is where I was going. You know, That's what re I think. really reset the entire thing but, but, and use analogs. Sure. And, and reset, I mean, I could, I could give or take. I could, I could see that happening in Banat. But what I think Lucas was excited about. Because the only thing we knew that he said was really focusing in on the wills. Right. That microbiotic go underneath the midichlorians, discover the wills and how they're the ones that control everything. The original Star Wars outline was called the Journal of the Wills. Right. And that was Lucas. It was told from the perspective of the wills. Exactly. So I'm with you now. I'm starting to get there now thinking that we don't need to worry about cast, recasting Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. God forbid we, we, we go down the path of like, do we need to recast Princess Leia? Right, Han right. Solo, we know what happens there with Alden Ehrenreich. And does he work for people? Most people, yes and no. Who knows? Right. But if we pick up years later with episodes 10, 11, 12, I think that's what I was going towards. I think that we could see in episode 10, 11, 12 that is – Part of the saga, but not necessarily the Skywalker saga. Now, you might have... But written by George Lucas. But written by George Lucas or based on a story right. by George Lucas because I don't know if Lucas is going to come back and sit down and actually write a screenplay. Right. Look, he's already written something that they have. They can use that. They can use that. Hell, mm. bring, bring Michael Arndt back to write this thing right, then. Right, right. Works with... Michael Arn is a Disney guy. He's still at Pixar, right? Like he's still, still at Pixar. He's in the house. Toy Story. But, he's in the house. But look, it's perfect. It's a perfect chess move because it's like I own the asset. Mm -hmm. Okay, I already made my money back from my four billion dollar purchase. Yep. Mm -hmm. The asset has grown in value. Your stock's only gone up. Yeah. yeah. My stock's gone up. It's got a PR issue. That's undeniable. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. but PR issues are more. 
They're harder to quantify, right? Right, yeah. because episode nine is going to friggin' kill it at the box. And PR office. issues can help your box office, yes. right? Like right. there are people are saying the Joker because of the PR. So, so now, how do I turn lemons into lemonade? Is that I bring in the number one producer in the history of Hollywood, mm-hmm. and I have the redemption story on a PR front that Kevin Feige, this guy that we all love yep. and we all trust, his only job is to do right by George Lucas. Okay. Yeah. What does that do? That takes everybody who loves the prequels and the OT and the new ones because you'll still it'll still be new and still have a lot of these brand values that they've put in there, which some of them I, I really enjoy, female protagonist and you know mm-hmm. all these kinds of things. Blend it all together and make come full circle so that really kind of reunites the fandom because you have the best of the new with the best of the old. You're pleasing the fans of canon while giving people that wanted to separate from episodes one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine right. by having it set in the deep future. I think that, that everyone wins. Yeah. And Kevin Feige's name means that Artie has a box office impact. Yes. So I'm going to take a temperature right now of our chat room. Yeah. I've seen a couple of now we're just talking out of our ass. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Let, let's open let's open uh let's open it up for calls too. If we you guys can do want... that. We're 25 minutes in. Let's open up because let's talk about all of this I'm going to weigh in real quick before a call. Yeah, please, please, please. I would love to see Kevin Feige pick up and do movies based after Rise of Skywalker. I think that's a great, fresh idea that we don't necessarily have to worry about legacy characters. Moving it forward years later is what I would want, not necessarily going Ray's back or Kylo Ren's back or Ray and Kylo are done. Yes, and I would suggest that in order to do what you are proposing – which is trying to unite a fandom behind good movies that everybody gets behind and loves. And I think that could work if we have years later, the Jedi Order is rebuilt and we introduce a new Jedi, a new character that's like, now I'm really going to get to the bottom of this Force stuff. And I found the wills. And we can talk about that. And there's new characters because I have been saying I feel like in order to make Star Wars fresh and new and work for this audience, we need to sooner or later get – Away from the legacy characters. Yeah. You just need to because you see what happens when the legacy characters are taken with a new story. People are either liking it like me or really not liking it, which is another vocal bunch of people. So we need to get away from that and not do a movie about Yoda and not do a movie about Jabba the Hutt and not do another movie about Boba Fett or whatever it may be. But do new stories that could branch off from George Lucas's outline. Whatever Kevin Feige movie is, I don't want a single character we know. I, I don't want to look for Easter totally eggs. Agree. I don't want to look for tie-ins. If he's doing a trilogy, I want to look for tie-ins in the second one to the first one. Sure. But I don't want to look in the first one to be like, where's that thing I love? But I'll push back on one thing, though. Thematically – and oh, yeah. the tie-ins need to not only be there, but it, but they need to advance all the lessons that we've gotten. It needs to be a know? Star Wars film, but it doesn't need to be a Star Wars movie we've already had, like I felt, parts yeah. of The Force Awakens. Because, were. like, what is Star Wars, right? It's, it's, it's the hero's journey. It's, it's, um, it's the child becoming an adult, right? Mm-hmm. It's the rite of passage. It's mentors and apprentices. Mentors and apprentices. And it's also about redemption, about good versus evil, about being able to, like – discern the two things mm-hmm. it's you know it has all these incredibly intense themes that i think lucas's next trilogy and we've talked about this was if the first six if the first one was about building the tree of evil okay mm-hmm. 
The second three was about tearing down the tree of evil. Mm-hmm. The next three is about uprooting the evil, about yeah. going deep into what seeing what the foundation. You got to kill those roots, became. otherwise it's gonna just grow grows again. right back. It's going to grow again. Which yes. I love that kind of comparison because that's what Luke was doing with the Last Jedi. He saw those roots beginning to grow again through his grandson. And that's what I would love about a legacy movie that takes place in the future with no familiar characters, but you're dealing with the legacy of the impact of the other movies without relying on them. Yes. We we got a call. Do we have a call? Yes, we do. You're on Rule of Two. What's your name? What's your question? Uh, This is Jared Simpson calling in. Hey, Jared. Um, Before I get into the question, I just want to say I'm loving Koi on here. Um, You guys need to get him in more often. Thanks, man. Hells yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as for my question, I guess for my comment um, for if Kevin Feige is going to be doing Luke's project, um, I read that little excerpt of Luke's story of the wills and went on. Honestly, I couldn't make any sense of it. Um, it yeah. just seems too too out there for me. But I mean, in Feige, we trust, right? Right. right. So I think if Feige were to get his hands on it and were, and were to do the trilogy, um, I'll trust it just because of how brilliantly he's crafted the MCU. Sure. Um, but yeah, just that's the thing. It's like I'm skeptical of the of what the actual story is. But if Feige were to adapt it and make it his own and introduce it, I think we'd all like it. It's a great point, and thank you for the call, Jared. Um, I agree with that because I think that what could happen with George Lucas. This is where I go why I think the original trilogy is something really special and something that people have been trying to recreate even through the prequels. Even through the prequels, they wanted that same kind of landing. But he would work with people. He would collaborate because Lucas almost killed himself famously with A New Hope. And so he hands it off. He didn't go to just anybody for Empire Strikes Back. He went to his USC teacher in Irving Kirshner. Somebody he trusted who did push back on Lucas because he was a mentor to Lucas. And then he's building Lucasfilm. He's building THX. He's building Industrial Light and Magic while he's making Empire Strikes Back. And we get the Empire Strikes Back from that collaboration. Even to on the set, if you listen to a great making of series of John Williams scoring the uh, Carbonite scene in Empire Strikes Back – there was a lot of conversations with Kirshner, Han Solo, mm-hmm. or Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, Billy D. Williams, Lucas. They were all collaborating on, listen, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say, yeah, I love you too. No, I'd say something different. Well, let's try it this way. Let's try it this way. I think if we had Kevin Feige, knowing what he can do with Marvel, taking the outline of what Lucas wants mm-hmm. to tell and then collaborating with and other intention, people. And the intention. And the of, intention. Yeah. Perfectly said yes because we need that intention. But then invite some people in and collaborate. Mm -hmm. I think we could then see a similar outcome, maybe not exact, but an outcome that might be a little bit more welcomed in by the community. But but also us as as rabid (laughs) audience members, we deserve to see what the creator had in mind for the resolution. Mm -hmm. It's important because we know it existed Mm -hmm. and we know that he sold it. Right. And we know that he's accepting the fact that he sold it, so he's trying his best to not talk too much crap. Mm-hmm. Okay, but, but but now Bob Iger is doing the crap talking for him and said, you know what? I hear you, bro. I betrayed you. In his own book, which I respect. In I his like own that book, he's like, I, I published this myself. But yeah. now behind the scenes, I'm going to make things right. I'm going to put my number one guy on it, and we're going to make your friggin' movies. 
Now, I want to I want to parallel what the the caller was just saying with Kevin Feige and the collaboration and the aspect of collaborative nature that you're describing with the original Star Wars. Yep. What I think was really interesting about the first and second Iron Man especially, but even the first one, they were writing that script as they were going along. It was right, John right. Favreau and Kevin Feige assembling. The the we just and saw Danny Jr. too. He Danny had a Jr. Lot of... was was making things, but we yeah. just saw recently a cut of the post-credit scene with Samuel Jackson right. where he says mutants and he says radioactive bug spider. bites. Yep. So, what I think is really interesting is Kevin Feige from the beginning was so collaborative that he let things run and they use the things that work. When you right. watch the MCU as a whole, they're building off of the last movie. They, they have a 10-year plan, but they also rely on what works. Right. Ragnarok exists because of the success of the comedy of Guardians, not the success of Dark World because that didn't succeed. Yes. So the reason I like Feige is that he lets his failures and his successes lead him forward. And, and a couple people in the live chat were like, Koi is not a real Star Wars fan. What I am is a casual fan that loves Star Wars, so I love the idea of a new universe where I can be approached and find something new in it, and I don't feel like I'm married to finding out who Dooku's cousin is. Because right. I'm, I'm not going to know that watching it, but I can see a new universe and go, like, I get this world so much more because this is all new to me. And yes. I think that's the strength of Feige. And let's let's go easy on the gatekeeping of the Star Wars fandom here. Koi is I, I a like, very like yeah. smart <laughs> and fun person to have yeah. on the Star Wars I'm just thing. not trying to own for the record, more than I do. For the record, I want to say this on the air because I've never said this on the air before. Mm. I think... Uh, and I, I hope I don't get his name wrong. Justin Hammer, Sam Rockwell, <laughs> Sam Rockwell. Justin Hammer is the most underrated character in the entire MCU. His he orange is, palms are a character. They get of their me own. every They're time. So good. Yeah. He is yeah. so great. And his little dance, his little yes. dance, yes. and the gun montage. <laughs> Boy, he's like yeah. pitching the yeah. gun. Justin Hammer's one Boyd. of my favorite. What's Boyd? But oh, Bird. Yeah, we can get you your Bird. <laughs> get you your Bird. Yeah, I'll get you your Bird. And the fact that he was up for Iron Man and then came back to play Justin Hammer is the brilliance of the MCU and its yeah. strength. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I believe we do have another call come in. Is that correct? There it is. All right, you're on Rule of Two. What's your name? What's your question? Hi, uh, my name's Saul. Uh, how you doing? Um, <laughs> What's up, Saul? You got through again, oh, didn't no, you? My... Look at you and your special... <laughs> you are a Jedi <laughs> to get in through all these calls. Yeah. Saul calls in all the time on Collider Live. Cool, man. And he's able to get in all Good the time. What's your you. question? Good to have you back, Saul. <clears throat> uh, look, I love you guys, but I, I got to push back on something kind of hard. Respectfully. Let's do it. I keep hearing, I keep hearing everyone's talking about, it, it's very in vogue right now to say how everyone wants whatever project is coming next to get away from the legacy characters. Yeah. And it's, it, it, what, I think that's kind of bullshit. Like, we're, I feel like this is just people are frightened because of the, the, the backlash to Last Jedi. I, I don't want to run away from the legacy characters. Every major franchise, like when James Bond had, a, when, when License to Kill bombed in 89. Mm-hmm. Eon Productions didn't say, well, let's continue the legacy, let's continue the story, but let's get away from James Bond. When Spider-Man 3 bombed in 07, critically at least, yeah. Sony didn't say, well, we want to keep the world going, but let's get away from Peter Parker. Yep. I, want, I want a good story, and I want it told well about these characters I've been growing with and that I love and respect and can continue to tell wonderful new original stories with these characters, the same way James Bond has been going since 1962. So, Saul, look, I agree with you fundamentally, but I also understand that Star Wars is different. Yeah. Star Wars is different. You know, it's like rebooting Jesus, you know, and and, and like I hate to throw the Beatles thing in there, but it's like it's at that level, you know, so it's like unfortunately – Unfortunately, in my opinion, and I know I, a lot of people differ from me on this, the sequels, I think, ruined the legacy characters. Or not ruined, yeah. 
but set them on a path that they couldn't come back from. You know, like like uh, like uh, Padme says, right? Like you're going down a path I cannot follow. Right. Like unfortunately, right. the original char- the, the 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 legacy characters Han, Luke, and Leia got sent down a path that we can never come back from. Okay, it's true. So, Mark, I don't think I don't think anybody, you know, to quote a, a famous Jedi, I don't think anyone's beyond saving, especially these characters and what they represent. I but, just but the actors are getting have, up there, and, and I, I'm worried about the human true. element. That's true. <laughs> There's that people true. involved. But yeah. look, we, we have we have facts behind some of this, right? We can go to Solo, and you can say, and it might be, not be tangible. We can't say Alden Ehrenreich is the reason Solo didn't do well. No, you can say it came out too soon after The Last Shy. No, it came out because two weeks before Infinity War came out. We can say all these came different things. came out because things. it was three movies. Because it came out because it was three different movies. My point is – and legacy characters for me is the original trilogy and that world. And if we keep mining that area, that's the universe, the galaxy keeps getting smaller to me. So you can bring in maybe a legacy character like – I don't know. Let's say Yoda. Yoda is one of those characters that pops up in a supporting role. But we need some new characters. Like to your point, Fernandez, you were you were behind the Force Awakens until Han Solo showed up. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. You dug what was going on. Brand new characters, all new characters. You got behind Rey. You got behind Kylo Ren. You were enjoying yourself, and then Han Solo comes in. Of all people, Han Solo yeah. comes in, and you're like, ah. Long distance phone call. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which for me, when Han Solo came in, I went, now we're talking. Right. I right. got excited but, and chills because I had both new characters and legacy in there that was a nice mix. But to address Saul's question, one more, uh, one more point in there is that I do think that the Lucas trilogy, what he wrote, was written with the legacy characters in mind. Yeah. But I actually am starting to buy your point. Which is like take these same characters, which Parallels. are ultimately like archetypes, yeah. and create new versions of them with the Kate Skywalker or Ben's kid or whatever the hell it might be. So you relate, but you're not married to. And right. that's what I'm, I'm – like there's a very big difference here between legacy characters and, leg, and characters that are connected to legacy characters, right? So I could be behind a Cade Skywalker mm-hmm. and pick up years later and go, well, this is from Luke Skywalker. Because you're I invested, but you're also not expecting every decision they're making to be the expectation of the decision you'd make for them. Yes. Right. When we make a Luke decision, we're like, I think Luke would do this versus a character that is a Luke type to do X. Look what happened right. in The Last right. Jedi. Everybody lost their mind because of Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. I lost my mind in because I liked it, but it was losing my mind. I stayed up all night. Other people were like, I lost my mind. I'm boycotting Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. It's like, right. uh, okay, so we're all over we, the place be, over a character. Be, right, so, afraid of that. What's that? No, you, I, you can't we, be afraid of that. Afraid, I totally agree. I totally agree, Grand but I, yeah, go, I, go, I, Saul. Am I still there? Yeah, 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 yeah. go ahead. Go for it, dude. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, look, I want more Lando Calrissian in every facet. I want Billy D. Lando. I, I want to, I want to go back with Lando. Chewbacca has not been utilized at all. I think in the new trilogy, I want more Chewbacca. I want there's there's more meat on all of these bones, and there's and just I I really think the, the I want originals content too. I, I'm I'm looking forward more you want to it the all, Cassian Saul. series than anything. <laughs> I, and, I get and, where you're um, coming from, dude, but sooner or later, I don't know if Star Wars fans are going to want a, to see. Billy D. Williams over and over again, especially at the age that Billy D. is in right now. We know that Rise of Skywalker, it's great to have him back. But are you saying you want more Lando in like episode 10 or do you want like – It's like, it's like you know, like a cliffhanger. 
you know, like a cliffhanger. Like, like, like why are cliffhangers so powerful? Because they literally hang you over a cliff without knowing what happens in the story. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. And right now, the, the like the biggest um, sort of empty desire with Star Wars is that we don't know what the hell the story is. That's, yeah. And it's magical because it's all headcanon. It's all fun. It's all exciting. Yeah. It's like what happened? In, like, like, like what's going on? Mm -hmm. You know, like, like we have this kind of side plot, seven, eight, and nine. Are kind of like this, like little side plot, yeah. You know, that has elements of the story in it, but it doesn't have that continuation of, you know, the 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 rise of evil. Mm -hmm. Okay, evil taking f control, mm -hmm. good being able to, you know, destroy evil. It's like to me the most frustrating line in the Last Jedi is like, "What did you expect me to walk out there and take on the whole empire with a laser sword?" It's like, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of did, line. bro. I mean, yeah. you're Luke Skywalker. Dude, yeah. that's exactly what I expect. <laughs> because that's what Star Wars is about. Yeah. It's about that no matter how big the Empire is, no matter how powerful or unsurmountable the odds are, all it takes is one Jedi to bring it all down. Okay? Yeah. And, and but, that's what it's not, about. but he knows he's going to – a Jedi is not going to walk out there in front of the Empire just like he did at the end because Luke Skywalker did do that. That's what was so great about that line. Right. He projected himself to do that to show everybody that he is actually one man taking over the empire, taking and standing there in front of the empire, but using his Jedi ways to fool every motherfucker in the room. Right. And right. I, that's what I loved about it. <laughs> Sorry. But when, no, but go for it. I love go the I love the Bond parallel because when you watch you when you watch Daniel Craig as Bond, you're not filling in the holes of like Sean Connery's Bond. You're not thinking like, right, man, right. that's not it's a Sean a, it's Connery a very, choice. It's a very different the thing. The new characters. It's almost like the Joker, right? And that's what I'm pitching for the the deep future. You have archetypes. James Bond is an archetype. It's not yeah. a man. James Bond isn't a guy. He's not Daniel Craig and Sean Connery and Pierce Brosnan. Right. He's a concept. He's so a concept. you have a Jedi as a concept. You're using these legacy right. archetypes. It's like not Macbeth, a legacy person. It's like Macbeth or Othello. Exactly. Or yeah, it's and, Batman. And, 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 that, oh, Saul's still here. Saul's, Saul's in on the conversation. I love that Saul's eight phones and he's with us in all of them. Yeah, <laughs> that's how he calls in so much. Yeah. All right, Saul. Let, let's wrap it up. What do you got? Uh, listen, I'll just veer off this path real quick. But uh, I would love. I'm just going to put this. I want to look. They're not going to do this. I'm well aware. But I just want to put this into the universe and see if it percolates at all. Okay. Between the, the, the aging technology and the fact that Samuel Jackson and Ewan McGregor refuse to age, yeah, I would love to see an episode of Obi-Wan or an Obi-Wan miniseries on Plus or maybe like a follow-up movie, Obi-Wan on Plus, or in the theaters, we go back to the war. We go back to the Clone Wars. I mean, it's been if you look at the reaction from San Diego Comic-Con two years ago, San Diego Comic-Con was owned by an announcement that Clone Wars was coming back. I think Disney understands now that they've underestimated how popular this era is. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. Live action, specifically about Clone Wars. Dude, I think I you're getting Obi -Wan it. Obi-Wan in the armor. I think you're getting it. I think you're getting it too with Obi Wan and dude Saul. Thank you for the call. I look forward to your call again, brother. Yeah, thanks, um, Saul. Yeah, li listen, it's it's there's so much you can do, but with technology, we did get Samuel Jackson in Captain Marvel. We are getting the Irishman, but I read a review of the Irishman today, and yeah. it's by all from what everybody says it's a masterpiece, but you can tell. That the de-aging, that there's a 75-year-old man under that. And I could tell in Captain Marvel 
that Sam Jackson wasn't as spry as he was back in the, the 90s. I the Captain Marvel one was great. It was great. He, he, he but definitely appeared so how, 40 but moved 70. Like his body at times was like, right, that's right, not right. a guy I, that can run. My, my, my point is, is that we can't, and I, are we going to just de-age every character in the, in the original trilogy and hope to hope to make – Billions of dollars. I think Captain Marvel is the best example of it working because of the type of character he was. Because I, I think actually his performance in that was the best example of this is possible. But I do worry about leaning on it because that movie yes. leaned on it. And when it leaned on it, I was like, we could have told another story maybe instead of being like, we need only Samuel Jackson. Right. Because right, then right. it was a Samuel Jackson in Captain Marvel movie. Right. Yeah. Right, right. And if right, we do that right. with Star Wars, then all of a sudden it's like, wait, this is an entire galaxy far, far away. Why are we in this one corner? Yeah. That's my point. And I love my Luke Skywalker like. Anybody and I've said over and over again how much I would love to see a Disney Plus series, a movie spinoff, something that has Luke Skywalker being Luke Skywalker rebuilding the Jedi Order somewhere. But we never I think got it, that. We never, we got, never got it. We never got the continuation of right. Of, and of, I can see that one, Return of the Jedi. And, and that's I do why I like your that six, idea between six and seven idea because I can't think of what Luke was doing because I have so I have two different Lukes. And it might be between six and seven. And, and, and it could be. And you know what? If they announce that that Kevin Feige is doing. The movies between Force Awakens and Return of the Jedi with Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, and Princess Leia, I and would jump over the moon. Written by George Lucas. Written by George or Lucas. story by George mm -hmm. Lucas. I would jump over the moon for sure. And I think that would be interesting because Kevin Feige is coming in and he has something to say and a lot of people have something to say. Great. But sooner or later, we got to get away from these characters and this pocket of the galaxy. It really is. It's so it, – every time – this is my problem with Solo so much is that universe felt like there was five people in it. Right. You know? It's like, oh, there's – yeah, there's Lando. That we guy met. we there's met. That, oh, there's that there's other guy, other guy we <laughs> met. And there's that other guy we met. And there's that other guy that was in Rebels and now that guy's showing up. Do you know his this, last name Solo because he was by himself? Yeah. So it's like I get it and I enjoyed a lot of Solo. But it just felt like it was just like there was nothing else outside of – what we already know from the original trilogy. And I just feel like in order to do this, I'm going to tease something, and I'll get your thoughts on this, guys. Yep. For my Riley Roundtable that's coming out on Thursday, I have a 12-year-old boy on as my guest talking Star Wars. Okay. Awesome. And he loves the original trilogy. He doesn't really like the prequels, and he loves the sequel trilogy with Rogue One being his favorite. Yep. And I asked him, what do you want from Star Wars? And he went, I want to be surprised. And I said, do you think Ray is Luke Skywalker's son or uh, daughter? That would be a and surprise. He went, and he went, eh, yeah, that would be like – they were building to that I guess. And I said, what about a clone of the emperor? And he goes, ooh, I haven't thought about that. So I'm not going to give anything more than that. But the one thing I took from it that I think is imperative for this conversation is how much he wanted to be surprised. And when I brought up the usual, well, Ray's a Skywalker, he goes, eh. Right. You know what I mean? And it's it's because those expectations when everybody's like, yep, that's Ray, that's Luke Skywalker's daughter, which everybody thought was going to happen in Force Awakens, that's when you don't really have that surprise. So as much as people are yelling and screaming wanting their Star Wars to be like known or 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 you know, expected, and I know then there's that pushback with Ryan Johnson who's like, oh, you're subverting our expectation. They didn't like that either. So You're not going to please everyone, and that's what I was talking about with the dichotomy. That's, that's, that's why I think you need is. to go some distance because you're either offending the OG fans or the ones that want a mystery box. And JJ's a but, mystery box and an OG lover. But there's a kryptonite. There's a kryptonite to that. And yeah. that kryptonite is called George Lucas because ultimately whether you like it or you don't, 
And people, I remember when the prequels came out, there was a lot of hate about the prequels. And a lot of people yeah. theorized that George sold Star Wars because of the like the amount of hate that he got over the prequels. Yeah. But ultimately, whether you hated it or you didn't hate it, the prequels were Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and you took it at face value that this is what the Republic looked like. You know, that like this is what the uh, Jedi Council was like, that this is like that, you know, the Jedi couldn't have uh, attachments, you know, that that was mm-hmm. part of the rules, you know, and, and then it opened up this universe that is the universe that we have in our mind as what pushed Star Wars beyond the original trilogy. OK, yeah. now you move forward to the sequels and there's been nothing really added to that over encompassing lore because the one interesting thing that you submit and i actually think invader immortal 2 the black bishop has a great case to be snoke snoke is the one thing you introduce as this evil guy that that was able to like um you know uh uh, uh what's the word i'm looking for like subvert or or uh, whatever to to undo everything that Luke had done with Ben. Right. But you don't ever really explain it. Yeah. You don't talk about it. You just assume that it's there. And then you send us some, like, decent comic. But, okay, so, okay, fine, great. The comic's going to have the answers. You look in the comic, and it's just him going back to Dagobah and going in the same cave that Luke went with, you know? like He's uh, retreading instead of giving answers. Like, yeah. okay, we've seen this set. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I guess we're back. To your point, uh, you know, sometimes we we have a call. Okay, I'll I'll put a pin on that. Do we have a call? Hey, this is Ryan from Nashville. How's it going? Hey, Ryan from Nashville. What's your question today? You walked into a hostile situation here, Ryan. (laughs) Good luck. We have lightsabers. We have lightsabers drawn and ready for a knife fight. Hey, what's going on, Ryan? I love it. So I want to get um, everyone's thought on a little theory, actually, like that Riley just brought up, everyone wanting Ray to be – Luke's daughter, I I was a fan of the reincarnation theory, but recently I was really thinking about it, and I thought, you know, it, that explained why Ray was so powerful, la da la da la da but what if instead of being reincarnated Anakin, she was created by Anakin? Mm. So in crossing into the Force world, um, as a Force ghost, he reached, you know, his That's highest level I've never heard this Jedi yeah. enlightenment, um, and... You know, I think that he was so obsessed with, you know, protecting the ones that he loved and wanting to keep them from um, death or bringing them back. And maybe Ray was a kind of a combination of that. Maybe he felt the dark side taking over his family um, and he created her to combat the dark in so, the image of the women that he loved. So, first of all, I love this idea because of how creative it is. Let me ask you something, Ryan. What do you do for uh, for a living, if you don't mind me asking? Um, I'm an account executive for a cosmetic company. Okay, so you have to deal with a lot of pressure, a lot of people. You gotta, you gotta have a lot of creative thinking in your life. Definitely an artist for sure. Nice. Yeah, because look, this idea to me, and thank you very much for that call, Ryan. I love this. Great theory. call. Yeah. Um, I love that idea because I've never heard it before, yeah. and it's consistent, mm-hmm. right? Like I like the idea that Vader's uh, one way out was to redeem himself with by pure good. With by creating a new life, yeah, and the irony that it creates with Kylo being obsessed with doing right by his grandfather, mm-hmm. right. when his grandfather really wanted the exact opposite of Kylo, and that's what Ray is, and that it creates this kind of like family triangle. And I can see it. I can see this yeah, happening. It's a in the great theory, theory like, Brian. Wait. Thank you for that. One. It's great, and the, and what I love too is 
you always see me doing the echo thing. It's an echo to Sidious on the other side of the spectrum. Right. You know, him trying to create life. Right. So Anakin is able to – yeah, that's great. I like that idea a lot. I – you know, the Ray thing – the thing that worries me the most about by the end of The Rise of Skywalker is like all of this Ray stuff – is coming to an end, and so it really worries me that everybody gets so tied to like we need this to happen, we need this to happen. That I'm just hoping that we can. Yeah, look, I don't know. I don't Ryan, know what is needed. J.J. Uh, Abrams, like we 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 OD'd on this mystery box. <laughs> we we OD'd on it. Yeah, it was more addicting than heroin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like lost, kept going. Yeah, yeah, it's just like <laughs> lost. It's like yeah, like I get it. Like like. Everything he couldn't finish with Lost, he threw into freaking Star Wars. <laughs> There's like, a lot of boxes. We're opening a lot of boxes. <laughs> yeah. We're running around galaxies. Nothing, there's no boxes. answers anywhere. They can't fill this in three hours. They can't finish this trilogy in three I'm hours. I'm with you on that. There's I'm no way when I leave episode nine, I'm going to be like, well, that makes sense. We're like, gonna, there's no way. I, I think the I think it's... <laughs> I think it's in the new Snoke comic. I think Snoke is never going to be mentioned again. Well, that's what's going to be interesting is we have these so many side stories. We have all of these like anthologies. We have all these comics. We have all of these books. We have all these mythologies. Right. And yet whenever you mention doing one of those, there's the two fandoms, ones that are like, don't touch them. They're sacred. And others that are like, please go to them. And that's why I think Kevin Feige is vital. Is like he can pick up one of these anthology books and be like, look, it's canon. I'm running over there 100 but, years but, from now. But Kevin Feige is going to have the same benefit that he had with Marvel. Mm-hmm. Flexibility? Is, no, no, no. That that's that's not the the unfair advantage. In my opinion, anyway, I think that he's going to have a creative north star because mm-hmm. when he's with Marvel, he's got that creative north star because mm-hmm. he had Stan for for a lot of that time, yeah. and he also had all of Stan's work that he could take the spirit of it, yeah. and adapt it to the medium, right? With now, because I'm I'm like ninety eight percent convinced. That Feige's creative North Star is that he's going to have Lucas's scripts, okay? He's going to have the ability to counsel with Lucas because, you know, Bob Iger is like, use Lucas, right? Like, let's let's do right by him. Mm-hmm. Let's do right by his scripts. But let's figure out how we contemporize them. I said that word wrong, my Cuban thing coming out. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> let, I you got know, it. Let, we know the word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let, let's 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 make them uh, um, you know viable. Yeah. You know, but but let's have the creative north star. That ultimately, this is what the story is about. The because spirit of Star Wars. Yeah. You and I have talked a lot about this. There's a huge difference, and this is one of the first things you learn if you're starting to take like film school seriously. Yeah, is the distinction between story and plot. Right. You know, and and right now, like, the Force Awakens has a lot of plot. But there's not a lot of story there, in my opinion. Well, also, I mean, I've seen character. Like, there's plot a lot of character. character. You're a thousand percent right. You, you connect to the characters less than the plot because the characters is what's going to bring you around the plot. You're a thousand percent right. It actually doesn't even have much plot. Right. It doesn't have much story. It's got a lot of character. The a lot Force of character. Awakens gives you a right. lot of characters you're invested in. You live with them and you care about them. But when you describe it, it's like a sentence or two. Right. But The Force Awakens, there's so much heart because of the character. Right. That's why I'm worried about Episode Nine because I don't know if we're going to feel resolved because you've got ten new characters that have not really gotten to do a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. and that's the whole thing, and that's why I like, like. How do they play into the story? The right. overall nine. What's that impact going to be? Right, and that's what. Yeah, that's what I. Did. I don't know where they. We've talked a lot about this on Ruler Two. On like how episodes. much? I mean, they have a lot because to J.J. Abrams and the mystery box, there was a lot of questions put out there. Not most of the things weren't answered in Episode Eight. 
and now we're here we are. It yeah. gave us more questions and yeah. solved like so. three answers. And and look, and that's I give good a, and bad. I think we had a call, but before we, we, before we put the caller through, um, I just want to give a little shout out to the 924 people that are watching right now. Nice. Arguing, debating. Arguing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, debating, arguing, talking Star Wars, because that's why we're here, and we love having you guys here. Yeah. And thanks for being here. That's so, really cool. Anyway. A thousand people. Absolutely. Uh, I uh, echo that sentiment. Do we have a caller? Hello. You Hello. are on Rule of Two. What's your name? What's your question? My name's Isaiah. Uh, I'm also from Nashville. All right, Isaiah. Nashville representing today. Uh, Rock and roll in the house. (laughs) Or country. Country. Country, yeah. uh, To take my question in kind of like a little bit of a different direction, I had this idea pop up in my head a few weeks ago, and I was kind of wondering what you guys would think about it. So in The Force Unleashed, the opening mission of that game, they start you out as... Darth Vader, Darth and Vader. Just, like, wreck shop on Kashyyyk. Like, yeah. Your full abilities, all this kind of stuff. What do you guys think will be the opening mission for Fallen Order? Like, could it be a Jedi during Order 66? Like, we always talk about how much we want to see more of that. Yeah. So, like, you're a Jedi. Maybe you're Anakin taking down younglings. I don't know. Like, That's a great call. I like cool. that. Say, say it again. Say it again. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Go that again. Yeah, yeah. Go, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't get the gist of it. Oh, I, I have it. I can. So it's basically what's the first mission in Jedi Fallen Order? Oh, I see. And he's likening yeah. it to comparing it to Force Unleashed, where the first mission, our introduction to the game, was you were playing as Darth Vader. So it's flipped. Yeah, wrecking shop on Kashyyyk. What could it be in Jedi Fallen Order? To your point, I think it could pick up right as Order 66 is issued. And you're, I don't know if you're going to be Cal. The, the main character in this uh, Jedi Fallen Order, and you now have to escape the Jedi Temple because, you know, the clones are attacking you. Or if you're like Anakin Skywalker and you're going to learn the controls like we did with Darth Vader, but it's Darth Vader again, but as Anakin, you know, before he, yeah, he's yeah. in the suit. Um, look, and uh, the good news is, is that we will know very soon. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to a Fallen Order event uh, in the next few weeks. Ooh. Um, so we're going to get a chance to sit down and play it, you cool. know, for a few hours. You know, wait. you'll know very soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll know very soon, man. But thank you very much for your call. Thank you for the call. I love that idea too. I, I love the games and, and Force uh, Force Unleashed did this for me. It was like, wait, I'm playing with Vader. Can, okay. So, can so I look, also give a shout out to the annoying rancher? Uh, he had a great. I I was thinking this idea earlier, and he summarized it better than me. Sure. Uh, TV do legacy characters like your Obi Wan, like that universe. Cinema, like with Feige, do the hundred year future, do the do the deep cut, and then you've got your legacy. You've got both sides of the fandom happy. That, and, thank you. I want uh, it, yes. Sebastian Stan as young Luke Skywalker is ideal. I, 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 everybody I, loves that. I, I love that so idea. And, and thank it. you for saying that. And thanks for the question in the chat for that because I am behind that one hundred percent. It's a great idea. I think that you, there are certain legacies that that's what maybe the comics and the books and the video games and yes, the Disney Plus hour could be great. At, ex- at, at exploring yeah. because we brought it up a million times, Fernandez. Our movies, when we say if you want canon, go watch Jedi Council, right? Yeah. We're the movie guys. We love the movies. Everything yeah. we talk about is based on the movies. And for me, I love the you know the video games too. Video but, games, yeah. you're yeah. you're there, and I love the Clone <laughs> how we Wars. open and close the show. You know, video yeah. games are free. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but you know what I mean when it yeah. comes to the 1, storytelling. And even no, but even in some of these video games, the, the movies are the great. story bible. Right, the movies are yep. the story. That's bible. my point. So with some of those things, it's like because if we have another movie set within the story parameters of Episode Four, Five, and Six, 
and the year is 2030, like, we have not gone away from just telling the same kind of story over and over and over again in Star Wars. I personally would love to see Feige or if it's Benioff and Weiss or even if it's Ryan Johnson, the first Jedi, mm-hmm. that first person that went, wait a minute, I just moved a rock with my mind. What is that? And that's right, what I right. love about a long time ago in a, a galaxy far, ago, far away yes. is that there's no sense of time. We don't have to worry about the prequel if it's so far ahead. Right. We don't have to worry about a deep sequel because it's already in the past to us. I love the abstract of Star Wars in that it's like an LSD trip. There's no time. You just go have your adventure. Yeah. You don't have to worry about continuity if you start something new. And I think that's why I'm so married to the idea of something removed because maybe Lucas, is, he has a story about the first Jedi that he hasn't told and maybe that's part of his new trilogy. Maybe he has things that throw back to before the Republic. And right. I'd like to see some stuff that I don't feel like I'm waiting for the shoe to drop. Look, and to go back to what that other caller said about, you know, Spider-Man 3 and then the amazing Spider-Man and Spider-Man is easy to reboot, but there's also been like I mean, how many different different uh, Spider-Man comic books, you know, are there five at a time? You know, five different arcs. You got Ben Riley, and yeah. you know, you got all this stuff out there. So it's a little easier to do with that, you know, than it is Star Wars. But I do believe that. Look, and I could be completely wrong. I actually, in, in full disclosure, I spoke about this with with uh, with Frosty, with Steve Weintraub, yeah, um, at, at the Joker premiere when we were there, and I told him this theory. I was all giddy about it. He was like, "Absolutely not." Yeah, he was like, "No way." He was yeah. like, "He was like, no, no, no way." Yeah. So. There's a lot of people that I know that think I'm crazy over this idea. Mm-hmm. But in my gut, it's the only thing that makes sense. And it's a fun hour to theorize. And that's why I think Rule of Two. Like this, You were saying like this is the show to vamp. That's the show to like stress about Jedi Council. Yes. I like the idea of having a place to be like, I'm excited about this theory. Let's see what the people think. That's yeah. what it is. That's what this show is too. At the end of the day, it's a celebration because we love Star Wars. We yeah. just love the story within the universe. And we want certain things. But we can have – Guests like Koi on for an hour-long conversation about all this nonsense. Yeah. Thank you for joining Absolutely. us, Koi, You guys are good at celebrations. I hear at Star Wars this thing. It was yeah. Just fun. Yeah, yeah. And, like, look, let us know what you think about this theory. Yes. Is Kevin Feige being brought on board to make the Lucas trilogy, the Lucas screenplay? Will it be written by George Lucas or story by George Lucas? Is that something you would want to see? Is that something you, you uh, don't want to see? Let us know in the comments because I myself – will be uh, at home post-Monday Night Football <laughs> reading these comments and, and having my own internal dialogue with you guys and commenting myself. And look, it's all about keeping the discussion going. We want to do more stuff where we engage with you guys. We want you guys to have a voice and a seat at the table on this show. Yes, absolutely. Um, we're going to do the uh, top 10 Star Wars movies. We're going to let you guys vote for who the top 10 is. And uh, tons of stuff coming down the track. Uh, there's a funny video that we made um, that you know I don't want to talk too much about, but I think you're going to enjoy. Um, and uh, yeah, and very like, much so. I can't my, wait. My final theory before I leave: Please, I think Coy. Kevin Feige brought on board because he is a ten year man. I think he is brought on board because of the disparity between the Last Jedi and the Force yes. Awakens. I think what Kevin Feige is doing is whether he produces one movie or twenty movies, he is going to be the glue that separates and brings together the Disney Plus and the movie. And he's got a long arching plan. Whether or not he's credited on all of them, I think he's the new wave of whatever's coming, depending on how level of strength. But I think they want someone that's a cohesive of glue. So I think it's going to be jumping between film and Disney Plus and I think the reason they brought him on is they've already seen what he's planned with all these shows and movies. That's a great point too, yeah. And just to jump on that for a second, I do personally believe that they're going to let 
um, Kevin Feige eventually run Star Wars mm-hmm. and that Kathleen Kennedy will be, I don't know, have some different capacity. I don't know what they're going to do with Kennedy because she is such a an important figure yeah. in the history of Hollywood in yep. this town. She's so well-respected. I mean, and let's not forget, for as much flack as I've given her, George Lucas did hire her yep. to be the president of Lucasfilm. Yep. Uh, and there was a very good reason for that, you mm-hmm. know? Oh, yeah. We don't know how much her hand was forced by Bob Iger to make a nostalgic movie that didn't push anything forward, but right. just made money. It's a great point. So she could be under orders. And you know what? She did that order flawlessly. So Great way to end the show. Uh, thank you very much, everybody, for joining us on episode 60 of Rule of Two. Koi, where can everybody find you? Aside from, of course... Collider Heroes that you co-host with Amy Down. Collider Heroes, also comic book shopping. We have a new episode dropping tomorrow with Kevin Smith. Whoa! I'm so very oh, yeah, excited. excited. Oh, it excited. was amazing. And then uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Koi Jondro, do stuff with Skybound, Nerdist, Defy, Geek and Sundry everywhere. But I live here, so yes. uh, hunt me down everywhere. Yeah, and like one little uh, like little bit of trivia: the first comic book shopping we ever did. Um, you know, it's such a special one to me because it's the one we did with Lincoln Park. Yeah. You know, and it was only a few weeks before the great Chester Bennington passed away. Yeah. So um, if, you, if you guys haven't gotten into uh, comic book shopping yet, there's an incredible history of shows with John Schnepp as the host, with Coy as the host. It's a really, really fun show, one that's very close to my heart. So, yeah, check that out tomorrow. Please do. And thank you, Coy, for joining us. And that's Mark Fernandez at Mark Fernandez on Twitter, at Riley Around on Twitter. Thank you. It's episode 60 of Rula 2 here on Collider Jedi Council Podcast One Feed and here every Monday at 5 p.m. PT live on Collider Videos. We'll see you next week. Rise. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Did you know you could shop around for prescription prices? With GoodRx, you can find free coupons at over 70,000 pharmacies and save up to 80%. It's that easy. But don't just take my word for it. Dr. Adam says, I've been telling all my patients about GoodRx. Jacqueline says, my medication was $65 without insurance, but I paid $25. Aubriana says, you don't have to pay full price to live your best life. Couldn't have said it better myself. GoodRx is 100% free. Download the GoodRx app today and start saving. GoodRx is not insurance.